spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans, for the fans. Cajun Nation, welcome to another edition of Ragin' Review. It's November. And that means we wind down the season on the gridiron and move over to the hardwood. It's my favorite time of the year. Football season gets into the late season heroics and theatrics. Basketball gets underway. Uh, Fall ball for baseball and softball. Just a whole lot of fun all the way around. Once again, welcome to Raging Review. Matt Miguez, Jerry Abair, and Man About Town, Josh Jagno. Join me. Boys, are we excited to talk some basketball? Here, here. Sure. Let's do it. Oh, I love the enthusiasm. I would like, I would like, I would like for you to, I would like to you to refer to me from now on as the purveyor of truth. The purveyor of truth. That will be funny to some out there. Please continue, Matt. Well, well, hold on. Were 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 you being called the purveyor of truth, or was said person calling themselves the purveyor of truth? Either way, it's funny as hell. Yeah, but good, but good. Jerry told me to behave, so let's let's continue. <laughs> so we'll start with men's basketball. Uh, we're we're recording this uh, a day after the Cajuns handedly defeat West Florida. Um, I probably should have pulled up the schedule in front of me. I don't remember what the score was last night. 81-47. 81-47 was the final score over the Argonauts. What a cool mascot. The Argonauts. Um, you know, there, there's not much to to say about this game, honestly, because this isn't really a good measuring stick for the Cajuns. Uh, this is one of those games where you pretty much knew that they were going to win. Uh, you had three guys finish in double figures, and that was led with Jordan Brown, 14.7 rebounds, four assists. He had two fouls on seven of 14 shooting. Kobe Julian finally looks healthy. 17 minutes of action, 12 points, two rebounds on five of nine shooting. And Kentrell Garnett, 10 points on four of seven shooting. Greg Williams was okay. Uh, Five points, two of four shooting, four rebounds, two assists. Joe Charles, uh, the freshman from Karen Crow, he made a he made an impact. Went six points, two of six shooting, two of three from the three point line with four rebounds, and then pretty much everybody else just kind of got spot minutes here and there. One thing I noticed, and guys, y'all, y'all might be able to elaborate on this a little a little more with me. We have athletic big men. Yeah. We do. Well, we have we have athletic big men. We have speedy big men. Um, 
in this league, we always talk about the Sun Belt being a guard league. Uh, one thing I saw last night was size, a size differential. And look, we're playing West Florida. Don't get me wrong. But I think when you start playing Georgia State, when you start playing Little Rock, when you start playing UT Arlington, Texas State, ULM, you're going to see the difference in size. Uh, more advantageous to us than, than them. Um, I think that really helps us moving forward. I think that is probably one of those situations that can get this team over the hump besides just, you know, shooting threes and trying to keep everything on the outside perimeter, try, you know, keeping more of an inside presence. Um, even I'll go as far as to say, you look at a team like Baylor who won the national championship last year. The reason why besides their guard play was their big man. When you have presence in the paint today, uh, for whatever reason, look, basketball's turned into a three point shooting game, even in the NBA. Uh, so when you have big men who can shoot from all over the place, like a Dugay, um, and you become consistent, guess what? You have the advantage. So hopefully this year, um, not only do we have speed up and down the court and athleticism up and down the court, which while, which, which I was very impressed with uh, last night, hopefully we have some good shooters on the inside who can, who can shoot off the boards. And, um, you know, health-wise, health it's you, know, you stay healthy, this team can, can go places. So very excited to see the size last night. And uh, hopefully we can, ca- we can carry that to Hattiesburg on Friday night and won't go uh, face Southern Miss. I agree with most of that. Uh, so are we getting into the UWF game first? Cause if so, I'm going to, I got a couple of like uh, very specific points I want to make. Yeah. I mean, why not? Okay. That works. Uh, one thing that really stood out to me was the chemistry between Akuba and Brown. I, I wondered how that would work out. I didn't know if those guys would battle for minutes. It looks like they're going to go ahead and play the five and the four. I, you know, I didn't know how exactly they were going to work that. I saw Duguay get in on the wing a couple of times and, you know, everybody, he's not necessarily a great ball handler, but nobody can say anything about his motor, his defensive prowess. And I mean, his just flat out hustle. Uh, I think that if we would ever go back to that one, three, one that we ran a few years back, uh, I think that he could really be a menace defensively, but uh, I'm kind of straying from the point. I, I just wanted to mention that um, Jordan Brown looks smooth. He, he has all the tools that you would think he would have with all the accolades coming in. Theo is one of one in the league. Uh, he, he's a unique player. One thing I think that's intriguing about this roster is that, you know, I know the game is a guard league and Jerry's right. It is a three point, a three point shooting game and it's an analytic league now. Uh, but, you know, if you look at across the history of sports, uh, when the game starts to change from traditional to like all these new age, like go back to the NFL with the West Coast offenses, go back to the greatest show on turf. And even, you know, just a few years ago when the league was really opening up and it was all about position players, Bill Belichick took a running game, a defense, and a couple of really good tight ends and wrecked the league for, you know, five, six, seven years. Anytime you can have assets that are a mismatch, you can, it doesn't matter if you're playing the the in style of basketball. If everybody in the league is relying on their guards and we're dominating on the inside, we can win games like that. I think that's a very, um, I think that's something to watch for this season. Not a lot of people mention that. I am very curious to see how we're going to utilize those bigs. I know that Jordan Brown has a bit of a jump shot. Uh, Theo from time to time has shown that he can shoot it a little bit, but I, I want to see those guys play a little back to the basket, you know, maybe some 12 to 15 foot jumpers off the elbow. Like I want to see the mid range game get utilized. And I think those two guys can do that. I think Isaiah Richardson 
uh, or is it Richards? He also showed that he can move. He's got a little shot with him and he looks strong and big. Uh, looks like he's grown a little bit and matured. So I really like our front court uh, up and down. You know, I think that that's something that uh, I'm most excited to see. You saw it against UWF. Look, the Argos are what they are. They're a D2 school. I think their biggest guy is 6'8". He was a little bit athletic. I thought that they had some guys that can play, uh, but obviously nothing like what we have. And, and of course, from a depth standpoint, it, it just was not even close. Um, I watched the game as if I was watching a scrimmage. Uh, I didn't necessarily try to grade players based on beating their competition. I kind of just watched to see their decision-making, their hustle, the way they took care of the ball. When you look at those three categories, we did all of those things very well. I think we had single digit turnovers. Uh, there are times in the past where we've played Loyola New Orleans and turned it over 20 times. Yeah. Nine turnovers. Yeah. So that is very encouraging. And no matter who you play, I mean, against air, you turn it over nine times in 40 minutes. You're happy with that. Yep. Uh, we're still going to find out if we can shoot free throws regularly and, and consistently. We're still going to see, uh, you know, if we can shoot from the outside. I'm mostly interested to see how the guards on this team play defense. Are we going to press? Are we going to put a little more pressure than we have in the past? I think we've had success with that. I think we can have success with the amount of guard play that we have or guards that can contribute on this team. So those are things that, that are yet to be seen. But overall, what I saw last night was positive and several positive things. Team summary real quick. Field goal percentage. The Cajuns went 34 of 71, right at 48%. 3.8 of 29, 27.6%. And from the free throw line, the team was 5 for 11, 45.5%. 46 points came in the paint, 12 off of turnovers, 11 second chance points, 13 fast break points, and 31 points off the bench. Cajuns improved to 1-0 to start the season, and they will travel to Hattiesburg, Mississippi to take on Southern Miss Friday night. Uh, gentlemen, since we haven't really had the chance to do a preview of this team in this season, let's go ahead and do that now, um, and we'll start with the roster. Josh, I'll ask you first. Who on this roster, outside of you know, your, your Jordan Browns and your Theo Akubas, who impresses you on this roster? Well, yeah, obviously those guys I mentioned, uh, I thought that, uh, that Trell Garnett, uh, you know, I know he's a walk on, but I think that they were high on him last year. Not sure if he got injured or if he just took a red shirt. I don't know exactly what happened with him, man. He's got a nice stroke. He can shoot it. Uh, and I was also impressed with his length and his defense. Um, he impressed me more, mostly because I didn't have any expectation. The thing with this roster is we all kind of, we kind of have an expectation, especially when you come in with national accolades and, you know, like Dalcourt he's from Lafayette. We're all pretty familiar with his game, even though he went across, uh, you know, out West, we, we kind of had an idea. Greg Williams is saying, we think we know what we're going to get out of Greg Williams. We have plenty of tape from division one basketball to, to make a, maybe a little bit of an opinion. Um, but Garnett was a little bit of an unknown. So he was impressive. Uh, honestly, guys, I think, you know, Charles, um, he has a little bit of a strange release, which was weird. I never saw him play in high school. I just read about the guy. Uh, I think that his size as he matures is going to be a very nice mismatch for the Cajuns. I like that signing more than I thought I would. Uh, but I really think at the end of the day, it all comes down to the knees of Kobe Julian. It has been said that he's the player he's he's player of the year material 
in the Sunbelt Conference if he's healthy. There, I've seen glimpses of that. And, you know, obviously we don't know because poor guy can't catch a break. He can't stay on the floor. But look, if, if we can, and by the way, I'm in favor of Bob limiting minutes and being careful with the guy because I would much rather be playing our best basketball down the stretch. Uh, and, and we know that Kobe can, you know, much rather know that Kobe is healthy going down the stretch. You know, that, that time where is a little bit unknown, a little bit of hesitancy is early in the season where you're starting to get back into shape, starting to get back conditioned and into game playing shape. So yeah, I, I want to be very cautious with him, but look, if Kobe Julian can be the guy we recruited four years ago, is it four or three? Three. So three. If we, if he can be that guy, the sky is the limit. And I'm not just talking about a Sunbelt championship for this team. Now, by no means am I, pre, am I predicting anything because we all know how, you know, things can work out. Uh, it's a one big, one big league. And if somebody gets a stomach ache or a turned ankle, you know, all bets are off, but, uh, no, the, the roster is deep. I like our pieces in the front court. We haven't seen yet just how good our guards are, but I think that they will be good. Uh, they, they look like, you know, they look the part. So if Kobe can stay healthy, I, I like where I like where this team can go. Jerry, what about you? You know, last night I was very impressed with Jordan. I mean, obviously we talked about Jordan Brown. Um, you're, you're, you're asking players outside of like the Greg Williams and the Jordan Browns, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, dude, honestly, I'm, I'm curious to see what Duke A can do this year. Uh, I was a little critical of him towards la- the end of last year because I thought, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like we were utilizing him on the inside and the paint as much. Again, I, I'm very big on the old school style of basketball with this team because of our size. Um, you know, and, and even Theo Lacuba. Theo Lacuba did not finish the season off up to par of what I know he was capable of compared to how he started. So guys like Theo Lacuba and Duguay, those are two guys I'm really curious to see how they handle the inside and how we utilize them. Now that we have more depth, maybe we can use them more as bigs rather than trying to do more out. out you know, on the perimeter. Um, I was very impressed. Like, like Josh said with, with, um, um, Joe Charles, I thought his presence on the court was pretty impressive for a first time. Uh, I think guys like Trajan Wesley are, are court generals. Uh, we need those type of point guards to be able to not necessarily score every chance, but to, to get some quality minutes and allow them to kind of guide, kind of be that general on the court. Um, you know, losing, losing a guy like, um, Cedric Russell last year, it makes me wonder, you know, who's going to be that guy to step up at, at, at the point. And, and can we use more? And, and I think we have more than one who can do that where we can, where, where I know coach Marlin can rotate those guys. Um, also, I was pretty impressed with Kobe Julian. I, I think like, like Josh said, really with, with, with Kobe, it's about his health. I mean, you know, the poor guy's got two, two knees that have, that have both been hurt. Um, but you saw last night his presence. You saw the size he brings, the physicality he brings. Um, you know, the main thing is now it's about the injury bug. So just to name a few, um, I'm looking more at the bigs, uh, because I do know we do have some decent guard play. We've got some very athletic guard play, but, but again, I keep going back to the bigs. I think that's the advantage that we can get if we want to make the dance. So um, hopefully we utilize that properly and, and hopefully they can stay healthy because if they can, it's going to be a very fun season. Yeah, obviously the, the bigs are, are our advantage with Akuba and Brown and Duguay and Isaiah Richards. Uh, 
But one guy that really impressed me last night that we had high hopes for last year was uh, Dury Cadwell. Uh, Dury's out of Houston, Texas, went to Daytona State College, uh, 6'5", 185-pound combo guard. Last night, you know, you saw what people talked about at the beginning of last year when he when he stepped foot in Lafayette. He made good decisions. He saw the floor well. He attacked the basket and got to the free throw line. Uh, he, he was just a bruiser. He played good defense. Uh, ju- just all around did everything that I'm sure Bob Marlin asked him to. And, and you know, you, you love to see that, especially out of a young kid. Uh, he missed all of last year, last year. He missed all of last season. So he's, he's listed on the roster as a sophomore. So you got him for three years, barring injury. So, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for Cadwell. Um, if, if I've got a knock, Dow Court and Greg Williams Jr. have to be able to hit three-pointers better than they did last night. Um, it, it's early on, I know that. And, you know, that rhythm's going to come with game repetition and whatnot. It's going to come to you down the stretch. But if we're going to make a run at a conference championship and a postseason appearance in the NCAA tournament, our guards have to be able to hit outside shots. Well, I think that was our one weakness last night. We, we went eight for 29 behind the arch. And to me, like you said, if you want, if you want to start winning games down the stretch, if you want to go beat Indiana, if you want to go win against Southern Miss, you got to hit three. And all, um, all eight of those makes were in the second half. Yeah. You were 0 of 11 from three at halftime. There you go. Got to hit threes. Um, and, and look, and, and again, you know, to me, 29 three pointers. I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. And I understand the guards are trying to get their feet wet behind the arch, but again, I, this is, it's one game and I'm curious to see how we evolve as a team. But again, I'm one of those fans or one of those people that watch and say, you know what? Utilize the big men. I know I'm going to keep going back to it, but we have to take advantage of the big men, which will help us will help us a lot more on shot selections. It'll help us set up better shot selections. So uh, that is the one weakness last night was I thought eight for 29 on threes. Got to do better than that. No question about it. Like I said, Cajuns start the season one and zero, and we'll head to Hasburg Friday night to take on the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. Uh, a couple years from now, that'll be a conference game. Gentlemen, one question that I have um, that, that I've heard a couple people ask, and I find it rather interesting. Looking at the roster, seven players are from the state of Louisiana. And I want to say, let's see, one, two, three, four of those seven are from the Acadiana area. All right. I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to let you speak your piece, but I want to say something after. Go ahead. Is it a positive or a negative? I think it depends. Um, you see, you see the guys from Louisiana that we signed. You see the guys that transfer back to Louisiana uh, from other places. And to me, it's it's one of those situations where you've got people now in the past. And look, I know we're going to talk about this, but I hear, well, it's hard to win here now because we don't have talent in Louisiana. It's not like other places. You know, the whole basketball isn't what it used to be in the South. I don't want to hear that. I see the talent we have on this staff and this roster, and I see where they're from. And a lot of them are from the South. A lot of them are from Louisiana. A lot of them are from this area. Um, and you just see the talent we have. You see how these these so-called uh, media experts are picking us to go to the dance in these preseason polls and preseason predictions. And it's off, it's off the backs of local players. 
So, yeah. Is it a positive? Absolutely. It's a positive. Um, there's no question. You know, look, we've got talent in New Orleans. We've got talent in Shreveport. We've got talent in Baton Rouge. Heck, we've got talent as close as Houston and Dallas, all within a six, uh, six hour drive. There's no reason why you can't get 10 to 12 guys together and find the talent within six, six hours and be able to compete for conference championships year in, year out. So to answer your question, yes, I'm very satisfied with the roster. I'm very happy with the guys who are here from here locally. And I think they're going to contribute tremendously and hopefully get us to a conference championship game. Well, I had a little bit of a different take on it. I, I, I agree with Jerry. Uh, it shouldn't matter where they're from. But one thing I, one thing I think is, is important to mention is that, you know, in the 90s when Tony was really building his fan base, one of the reasons why he was able to get first 500 – then 1,200, then 1,800, then 2,300. The way that he was able to build that crowd was, number one, the business community really supported him. But number two, all of his players were from Lafayette, Lake Charles, uh, uh, Alexandria, Baton Rouge area. You know, Hammond. Families come. Families came, you know, uh, the friends, uh, the students came out. Like, these guys came to support uh, the players that were local. And it was easy. Uh, So I I say that to say, that the fact that a lot of our roster is local helps your attendance. It helps your attendance and it helps build atmosphere. It's something that Brad mentioned and something that uh, he's always said. And even back to his playing days, we had a lot of local guys that stayed home and that helped to, to make the dome a fun place to play. So I think the fact that we have local guys on the team is going to create a different kind of atmosphere in the dome, especially if we win, we start winning, Look out, man. Look, Bryce Washington is from New Orleans. Alfred Payton from New Orleans. Sean Long was from Morgan City. Brad Boyd was from Lafayette. Um, Jonathan Stowe was from Baton Rouge. Ross Ross Mouton was from Lafayette. I mean, all of these guys that contributed in a positive way to this program are all local guys. You didn't have to go to California to go get them, right? Unless you're Chris Cameron, then you go to Australia. But that's a different story, right? But that's the thing. Most of your guys that actually contributed to UL basketball in a in a – very a, a positive way and, and created an influence and an impact on this program are Louisiana born and bred. Antoine you know, so, Landry. Yeah. They're Louis, Eric Mouton. I mean, guys that are from here. I mean, and, and, and not only from here, but like Lafayette, like I said, you go, you go, you went to get a Alfred in new Orleans. You went get Bryce in new Orleans, but most people, a lot of the guys that stepped up are from here, like Lafayette, Acadiana. So yeah, there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing more of that. And like you said, you attract more, you draw more interest. A lot of fans come out and see the local kid. Look at what in football, look at what Elijah Mitchell's doing right now. Erash, right? You know, guys like Peter LeBlanc, Catholic High, um, Braylon Trahan, Acadiana, right? Levi Lewis, Scotlandville, all local, all local guys. I mean, that's one thing that Billy's done with his football program is he's been able to get his coaches to recruit locally. And we're winning and then the top 25 with local guys. Now, I know it's a different sport. But the principle's still the same. The 2014 baseball team, like you said, pretty much like 80% of that team were Louisiana guys. Same thing with Jerry Glasgow's softball team. Now, he's going across the country to get some good girls, but it's a lot of girls local from here. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's great all around. I know our fans have been complaining about that across the board in all sports about getting local guys. I think this is a huge advantage just to kind of piggyback off of what you said, plus they're talented players, so... No, I'm excited about that. I think that's great. And, and you know what? Maybe the next local guy from down the street can come and come wear a Raging Cajun uniform. They see that, you know? You know, you brought up Jerry Glasgow and his softball class. Today is actually National Signing Day. And uh, later this week in our Behind Enemy Lines episode, 
we will actually touch base on the baseball and softball recruiting classes. Uh, they were both pretty impressive. Uh, so, like I said, we will touch base on that later this week. Guys, you know, one question that a lot of people aren't talking about, and I feel like they should be, uh, or, or a person that they should be talking about, is Oliver Houston. And if you're not familiar with who Oliver Houston is, he is the men's basketball director of athletic performance. Now, this year is the first year that I can remember, at least, that men's basketball has a dedicated director of athletic performance. They have always shared the football guy. Listen to this dude's resume. Houston joined the Louisiana Athletic Department in June of 2021 after spending the past two seasons as a strength and conditioning assistant at Texas Tech under head coach Chris Beard. Um, before that, he spent he was a sports for sports performance coach at the Star in Dallas. That's the uh, the Cowboys training facility, and he also had a two year internship while in school with the Dallas Mavericks. So the dude's been around the block early on. And now he's here in Lafayette as the men's basketball, for lack of better words, the director of athletic performance. He's the strength and conditioning coach. That's that's what he is. Um, but how important is it, in your guys' opinion? And I mean, you, you saw it last night. I, I felt like there was an extra level of just physicality and athleticism out on the court last night. Um, how important is it to have a guy in your locker room every day with you to focus on this? Well, first of all, look at the past, I don't know, four seasons. How many, at least two seasons of the past four, we've had to say, oh, well, this season's a wash because we just can't put a competent team on the floor because of injuries. You know, that's, a, that's an interesting piece of information, Matt. We've been sharing the football guy. And I know that we know that, but I wonder how many people out there know that because look, any specialized sports person will tell you, you train differently for both. And I'm not saying that the person that was doing, you know, the basketball training is, is not a, a professional or whatever, but you can't tell me that it doesn't matter. Look, if it didn't matter, they wouldn't have gone out and spent the money to get a full-time person. So what we're going to see how it bears out, but we don't have any injuries of note right now. So that's the first step in the right direction, I would say. Uh, but how many times over the past couple of years have we got on here and said, Hey, uh, you know, are, what are we doing in training? Because these injuries are, this is a lot of injuries. These are a lot of injuries. Uh, I think that's a very, that's a very astute observation. Anybody who kind of pays attention to the inner workings of basketball and knows how to train knows that you have a specific way to, to, condition your body uh, for the duration of the season. So, yeah, I think it's hugely important. I think that we're going to realize going on into the season in the next couple, if he, you know, if he sticks around and we're fortunate to keep him um, just how important he is, but yeah, to come from a Chris Beard staff who just played a national championship a couple years ago, obviously he's seen, you know, basketball at a high level from the collegiate standpoint. And then, then the Dallas Mavericks, you gotta be kidding me. So yeah, I think it, I think it's definitely a story that needs some more coverage. And it was actually one of the questions that I wanted to get to, and I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, you know, I, I uh, 
looking at the past couple of years with injuries, I mean, two years ago, uh, before COVID hit that year, we finished eighth place in the conference, but it wasn't because we weren't a good team. Um, I mean, basically we were playing the water boy in the starting five. Um, I mean, you basically, it was to the point where I'm sure, uh, if the basketball coaches could, they'd be going to rec street, handing out flyers going, Hey, we're looking for basketball players. Come try out. That's how depleted we were uh, on the roster. Um, so to me, I think adding a guy like coach Houston is huge because first of all, you look at guys like Barry Cadwell, you look at guys like Kobe Julian, Kobe Julian's a what a fourth year freshman. I mean, why is that? Well, because he's been injured. I mean, we've been having guys on the roster for the past three or four years with massive injuries to the point where, I mean, we're literally going to going to campus trying to find out, Hey, you look six, five, come play basketball. We need a body, you know? So this year to me, I think that would be huge, especially with this talent. I think it's a great mix. I think it's a great mix. I think it's a great combination of being able to have the endurance to be conditioned, to be well-trained on top of that, getting trained by a guy who has NBA and, and, and massive, you know, a big time college experience with a final four school. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about him. I, it's going to be, look, I hope that it works out and I got to give credit to the athletic program and the basketball program for raising money to get this guy, whatever. I don't know if it's raising money or what they did to get him, but they got him, and that's huge. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens later in the season. Uh, whether or not we stay healthy is yet to be seen, but hopefully the injuries are limited, right? Um, you know, we, we've, we've lost a few key guys over the past few seasons. And so we'll, we'll find out what happens in the next month or two. Uh, we're going to find out in that stretch once we start playing some real tough competition. Well, shit. I mean, we're due. We're, we're due for some good luck with the injuries, that the right? Truth. I mean, damn, we've paid the piper. It's time to have like a, a long span of injury-free ball. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. For like y'all said, for the last you know three or four years, it seems that um, the season's just been derailed because of injuries. Especially, you know that that twenty seventeen twenty eighteen team that was was so special. The one twenty seven games. Uh, you know that game that team would have been a tournament team in my opinion had you know Gant not gotten the flu and Jonathan Stove rolled an ankle. Um, but you know, that's, that's just part of, part of the game, but no, you know, one, one question, another question that I've been getting from many people is the crowd last night. Uh, do either one of you have an attendance number? Right below 21, right below 2100, right below 2100. Okay. North of 2000, but that wasn't, that's not accurate. Yeah. I don't think that was accurate. Uh, It was a little less than that. I think we, we talked to somebody who said about 1300 butts in seats, you know, well, and you think of that, what you will. uh, And we can get into that because I've got a whole other situation to get to as a, as an adjoining story to that. But I I would personally, I mean, you're hosting a D2 baseball school, uh, there wasn't a ton of hype around the beginning of the season, which I understand, you know, it's some of the most success our football program has ever experienced. It's West Florida who nobody cares about to be quite frank. Um, they listed the game as an exhibition game. We listed the game as a regular season game, you know, uh, you know, look at the tickets sold for season tickets numbers. I mean, you're not going to get diehards or are you not going to get anybody outside of diehards really just walking up to see a, a basketball game at that point. So, you know, I don't know, dude, I think 1300 is probably about what you expect. Jerry, what do you think? I, I think that's about right. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, 
like you said, you know, I, I think, I think really, and I hate to say it like this, but basketball is overshadowed right now. You got a football team that is top 25, you know, second time in school history within two years. Right. You've got, um, there's just so much going on around the athletic complex that, you know, even though people there are, there is a little bit of excitement starting the season. You can't really, I'm going to be real. You can't get excited and playing a D2 school, you know, against, and, and a team that you know you're going to beat by 50 points. Well, granted, we won by what, like 40 points or 35 points or 34. something like that. 34 points. Yeah. I mean, so you kind of know going in, okay, we're going to destroy this team, but then you look at it from an angle of, okay, I'm curious to see what this team has and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, in, in college basketball, outside of the excitement, you, you kind of, it's one of those things where you play a team from, you know, whether it's D2 or D3, you know, you're going to blow them out. You know, it's not going to be much of a game. You're just there to, because, you know, the diehards were there to see what the team looked like. Um, now, granted, I, I didn't go, but I watched the, the I watched the entire game. I was very impressed, but as far as the crowd goes, I mean, look, you got to start winning. You know um, the reality is, is it's like that with football, you know, notice how the Saturday games we've had in football, we're averaging 27,000 fans again. Why is that? Because we're winning. Um, if this basketball team continues to improve, if they pull off some impressive wins starting Friday night in Hattiesburg and they get off to a nice start and they go play some tough teams and, and, and play them close, which we have a few opportunities to do that. And I know we'll talk about that. You're going to get people in the Cajun Dome. They're going to show up. Um, but look, you finished fourth place last year. You had another exit in the conference tournament semifinal. You know, it's one of those situations where fans are going, well, same old thing, Right. But this year you got some hype. This year you got some talent. This year you can actually say we're good enough to get past that. And look, you make a run. Look, in the 2018 season, we had over 5,000 people at some of those conference games when we were making a run. You know, the game against UT Arlington, I think we had around 5,500 or close to 6,000 fans when we had that little win streak going. So you start doing that with the talent. And, 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 if, and, and look, another thing, too, it has to look good on the court. You, you can't look sloppy. You can't turn the ball over. You can't miss three after three after three. You look good and athletic and it's fun to watch. People are going to pay the money to go to go to show up. I mean, look, Cajun Dome in general, right? We complain about it. It's not a cheap ticket all the time, right? It's not cheap. You go pay for concessions, you go get beer. It's not cheap. And so you got to work around that as well. So you start winning, you play well, you put a, a good product on the court. The crowds will, the crowds will show up. People will go. I don't know, I man. One I, ticket, I one, one ticket, one nacho, one popcorn, and two beers for one does that for one person cost a dude 50 bucks. Yeah, look, I got it. I got it right here. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm Jerry said exactly the truth. You got to play winning basketball and it's got to be fun to watch. Okay. That's number one. And, and look, I'm not a basketball apologist. I mean, God, I w- I've been called a lot of things. That is not one of them. <laughs> uh, but I will say that typically people don't start paying attention to basketball, especially in the South until football is done. After so season. Yeah. And, and I'll say that. So let's, I just want to be fair about it, but, but here's the thing. Okay. W- the schedule that we have in place is what it is. We've said plenty of it and look, it's, it's not good. West Florida. Look, I know we got Had- Hattiesburg on Friday, but that's a way the home schedule is nothing that anybody's going to play, pay a premium to see. However, two general admission tickets, okay, 14 bucks, seven apiece. Service fee on those, if you buy it through Ticketmaster, which most people buy their tickets online these days, let's be honest. So with the $14 you're going to pay for two tickets, general admission, you have a service fee of $17.30, which is $8.60 a ticket. 
Then you have a facility charge of 10 bucks. That's five bucks a ticket. Then you have to pay a processing fee on your card for 355. That is $45 folks. $45 before I had. And that, yeah, that's just, that's just to get my ass in the building in the door. You do, that's before I bought a water, a beer, a nachos, a, a anything. If, if I have my kids with me, double it. If I have my kids with me, double the concessions. Who's going to pay $120, to go watch us beat up on UWF, Loyola, New Orleans? Who's going to watch that? You know what I mean? Like we have to, and, and listen, we understand. And, and I also, look, I, I'm fully aware that UL doesn't have any say-so in these concession prices. UL doesn't have any say-so in these fees from Ticketmaster. Okay. I understand that. And I'm not bashing the program whatsoever. I'm saying attendance is what it is because there are so many different detriments to getting people in the door. If I can't log on from my phone or from my computer to buy tickets for me and my wife, me and my family to go for a couple of hours, watch a good basketball program, play good competition, and it'd be less than 120 bucks. Chances are most people are not going to do that. Yeah. And, and adding, adding on to that is you, really the only remedy is winning. And I'm not talking about winning 17, 18 games. I'm talking like winning championships. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm not trying to say that's bash. I'm saying that because when you have to battle those prices, you got to find a way to counter them, right? How do you counter them? You got to put a good product on the court. People don't want to go see, you know, uh, 500 basketball regardless. And I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about anybody anywhere. Yeah. If you, yeah, you, you have 500 basketball or you, you play underachieving basketball, people aren't going to pay that type of money. Now, hopefully we don't do that. Hopefully our, like I said earlier, we perform to the capabilities. I know where we can perform to, and, and we can make a run for the conference championship, but you know, whether it's South Alabama, Texas state app state, if they charge the same thing at their place, you know, and they're finishing, you know, eighth in the Sun Belt. People aren't paying for that. They're not going to pay the money to go watch that. They're not going to pay the money for $10 beer. I mean, when the Cajun Dome concession stands compete with Saints games, right? And you're going to watch the New Orleans Saints play the Cowboys, play the Falcons, the Panthers, whoever. That's different than UL playing a D2 school. And I'm, so, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to be quite brutally honest. We could be 25 and 0. I don't know many people that would shell out $200 a night to bring their family to the Cajun Dome. I just don't. It's not feasible. On a, on a Friday night, if we're winning and we're nationally recognized, I think a couple of times a year you'll get the casual family. I don't think you're going to get that. With a couple times sales. a year, but you're not going to get it consistently. Yeah. I agree 100%. And I don't think that you're going to boost your ticket sales unless you're pl- – listen, if you're bringing in here in Indiana, a Florida, a, a Nevada, like back in the day, Tennessee, and you want to make those season ticket pushes with that kind of concession price, maybe. But not for Loyola, New Orleans. It's it's never yeah, going mean, to happen. Look, I'll, I'll run understand through – understand the importance of the opponent. They never have in this town. I, I, I can never wrap my head around the fact that – like jail throw out. Well, you know, we had uh, XYZ attendance against Oklahoma State in the in the at Cajun Field. Yeah, we had 26,000 on a Friday night when the team was losing. That is yeah, a huge true. accomplishment. That is not uh, something to, to to frown upon. Look at what we did. We weren't even any good in 2000 or 2001 
I forget when it was, Jerry. It was, it was somewhere around 2000, 2002. The team was 500. We got 5,000 in the dome for Tennessee. 6,000. Uh, yeah, it was about, it was about five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's an accomplishment when you're not winning basketball games. I mean, we got to win. We got to do it pretty, in a pretty way. We got to play good opponents. And look, dude, the fact is we're going to have to do something about schedule and, and concession prices one way or the other. Yeah, I'll yeah. run. I'll run through the home schedule real quick. Uh, upcoming games next week against Xavier, um, and then you have three straight home games: Jackson State, UNO, McNeese, Loyola, New Orleans. That is your non-conference home schedule. And let's be honest: how many people are going to those games? Unless they're diehard fans, not many. So therein lies the problem. And we constantly hear about a revenue problem in men's basketball. We constantly hear about the fact that they can't sell advertising uh, advertisements in the Cajun Dome. We hear about how they make no money off of the concessions because it belongs to the city. We, we, there's always a reason why money is brought up. Well, come to the right place. And you see, there's, have, there's got to have a solution. I have a solution to all of this. All we got to do is nope. move back to Blackham. Nope. And get rid of Ticketmaster. Nope. Never, Blackham. never it's be a going I'm to happen. It. It's never going to happen. They just, if, if, we just dumped 20 something million dollars into renovating the Cajun though. No, no, sir. We did not. The city did. Regardless. You, take, you can take down all the UL signage and move the court over to Blackham. All you're paying is for all the transportation. That's it. Look, we are not a 12,000 or I think it's seats 13, three. We're never going to get that. We're never going to get half of that. We need to get back to look. Cameron Indoor Stadium sits what thirty six hundred people, nine, nine thousand people. Nine. Re- yeah. Realistically, to modernize Blackham Coliseum, how much would that cost? A lot. You might as well just tear it down and re- and rebuild exactly. it because I don't think they even have the infrastructure then, for it. To be then it doesn't even become worth it. Well, I bet you that more people will go to the games. I bet you you can control your ticket prices. You can control your concessions. You can control everything, and we so don't have that deal right now. Is is Blackham University property? Sure is. It is university yeah. property. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think it can be renovated. You leave the bones up, you spend $30 million, you can have a nice stadium, I think. Well, the problem is, is that it just, it isn't feasible to have a Cajun dome that's literally walking distance while not playing, while not using it. I think that's part of the problem. Well, the well, university Jerry, signing a deal. And I don't disagree because look, we do need to shrink. Look, our we capacity. can't even control our scheduling. Even our scheduling is at the whim of the city. Because if they have an event like Barnum and Bailey came a couple of years ago, that's before, true. Before they axed yeah. the circus, because you know of all the the PETA stuff, but we couldn't even schedule <laughs> yeah. we right. couldn't even schedule a home game or a practice because of this shit. I mean, the deal that we struck, and I say we, the university and the city, the deal that that was struck when when it happened was it was a disaster. It continues well, to be a disaster. We're losing money every single year that we're in that building. Look Let's, at. Let's try it. I mean, God damn, it can't get any worse. Look at women's basketball. They had a home game against Rice Friday night, this coming Friday night. Yeah. And they had to move it last minute because there was another event that came up in the Cajun Dome. Now, yeah. you think Duke has to do that? You think Kentucky has to do that? Oh, I'll, I'll use more of a peer. You think Houston or Memphis has to do that? You think Southern Miss is doing that? Hell no. No, and look, because it's well, it's their own arena too. So give me mostly. give me Blackham at a fifty five hundred capacity. Make that ticket, uh, you know, make it Lafonda's. Make it the place to be. People are going to be look. They'll pay whatever. They don't give a damn about the fees. They'll pay whatever just to be in the building. 
And you know what? You go. To, you have a game at Blackham. I remember that. Uh, what was it? The uh, CIT or the CBI tournament we were Dude, in? Dude, that was so much fun. And we only had thirty five hundred fans, but it felt intense. Felt, like it yes. was thirty five hundred in Blackham is a lot different than thirty five hundred in the Cajun. I remember. Now look, I'm not saying that there's not going to be challenges, but what I am saying is that if Cajun Field can be renovated, Blackham can certainly be renovated. Yeah, but you can't do them at the same time. Well, sure not. I'm talking about Blackham, five, ten years down the road. Yeah, Blackham's going to be five, ten years from now if that ever even becomes a thing. I, I think well, I do know a little pushback on it, but look, dude, the fact the fact of the matter is is that what we hate change around here. We hate change. If we continue to be in a bad situation, see the what they want to do is they want to raise revenue by having a good basketball team and having more ticket sales. Well, if the casual fan is not willing to pay those ticket prices and those concession prices and you can't advertise, you're always going to have a revenue problem. Not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be totally honest with you. I'm a diehard basketball fan. I wasn't in the building last night. You want to know why? Because I wasn't paying those prices. Well, in other words, because we played Western, we played West well, uh, that, University of West Florida. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. I actually well, you have can basically. And I actually have fam- I actually have family that went to West Florida, so that, but, that but really Matt, doesn't bother me. I'm not trying to be mean when I say this. Don't take this the wrong way. But you're you know you're you're about to graduate college, dude. You can't you can't sometimes you can't afford that. You know, I mean, as a college student, or I know you get in for, if you well, technically you well, still have I, to pay for more tickets, but. I get in for free, but right. If if anybody was coming with me, if I wasn't going alone, I got to pay for them. But if, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. yeah, not everybody can afford that. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, again, when you're competing with Superdome prices for a beer, yeah, dude, for chicken tenders, for for nachos, a bottle of water, when you're competing against Saints games, that that's a red flag to me. That's. I, I literally I, I I checked this for for fun and games. Mm-hmm. I could have gotten cheaper tickets to the Pelicans game tonight than what I would have spent on tickets. That is absurd. The Cajuns game last night. Hey, I'm I'm a hundred percent serious on the black and thing. I think we should do that. I mean, I think, I think it's a great idea, but I think we should, Hey, what about, what if Jerry's going to laugh at this? What if we move men's basketball back to LK long until we max, who max out capacity and then go back to the Cajuns? (laughs) Oh man, how sick would that be though? It'd be fun. Well, I remember. Look, they, I remember uh, one of the what was the CBI women's tournament? They played McNeese, and McNeese brought a lot of fans. And the place, I mean, Kayla and I went to the game. You couldn't find a seat, and it was intense, man. Like, what it was is it? Fifteen hundred, eighteen, maybe. Or okay, long. I think saying, it's twenty-two. Oh, twenty-two. Well, sick. That's perfect. To, That's where we need to be right now. I'm not saying go to okay long, but I'm just saying like you know, smaller capacity, smaller capacity. For, with smaller crowds can actually create an intense environment. I mean, most no of your question, no a lot question. of your arenas now are not getting 17, 18,000 seats. They're getting six, 7,000 oh. and that, and they're capping it there. And guess what? When you go play over there and you sell it out, it's, it's intense, man. It's, it's hard rocket. to win over there. Look, look at UNO a couple of years ago when we went to the New Orleans bowl, I think it was the, was it the ECU game where we had the uh, basketball game the night before? That was uh, a yeah. Southern miss. Yeah. That Southern was miss Southern game. miss. Yeah. So, yeah, put, gym, we played UNO the night before. Yeah, that gym seats, I don't know. It wasn't big, oh, but 10, it was 000. loud. It was loud, nine, man. Nine, yeah, nine, ten thousand. Yeah. It, it was loud. See, the Cajun Dome can be cacophonous. It's it's huge. It 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 even though you got five or six thousand, it feels like it's empty. That that is a problem in and of itself. But look, man, if it's on campus, it would be kind of fun to just, I don't know, give it a shot. If we're gonna play a small school, 
how much, how much does it cost to even open the Cajun dome? It's probably expensive with the electricity and having to pay all the vendors, this, that, and the other, let's give it a shot. I mean, it's not cheap. It, it can't be cheap. Let's, let's play it. Okay. Long. If we're going to play Loyola, New Orleans and Xavier of New well, Orleans. I, I would, I would modernize our okay. Long a little bit. Um, I, I would take out, another side. I would take out those, I would take seats. out those uncomfortable ass wooden bleachers. Um, I'd widen it a little bit. Yeah. Probably put a couple extra couple, couple thousand more seats. I'd probably cap, probably cap capacity at what? 7,500 maybe. Oh, that would actually be pretty cool. But you, I mean, you when, when, when's there. the last time, when's the last time we got more than 7,500 people at a Cajun game? I mean, let's I don't be think we've, I think we have done it twice in the history of the program. Exactly. 2011. No, no, we've done it a few times. I, I want to say back in the 80s and 90s, we used to put 10,000 people when UNO would come to town. I think we had Georgia, Loyola, Marymount, a few of those teams. But I do, I want to but, say. But also, but also remember the teams that you just named. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. They were in, they were will, in the conference. But, UNO was in the conference back then. But I do think, I do think that um, the last time we had a crowd like that was 2011. Whenever we had that little win streak going, we had about eight or nine thousand for yeah. a few well, of those games. Exactly. Let's remember that collegiate crowds are they're they're shrinking right now. They are. It, that's football. Really, the only crowds that are growing are the diamond sports. Believe it or not. Yeah. But, but and I'm talking about across the country, not just in Lafayette. But basketball and football crowds are shrinking. Uh, I don't know if it's generational or I don't know what it is, but that is the trend. So just bolsters my, my opinion that, you know, maybe we look into it and it's not feasible and it doesn't work fine, but I would love to find somebody who can tell me about that because I mean, just the relationship with Ticketmaster is, is killing us. It's killing attendance because Ticketmaster is handling the ticketing and all that stuff. We have, we have, uh, we're, we're a university. We, we have people that can handle that. We can have our own portal in house. Lots of people do it. Why not try it? Why not look at it? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. But um, as long as we're in the Cajun dome, we have to use Ticketmaster, Matt. Yeah. No, I, mean, uh, I, I don't disagree that I think a move to Blackham would be more feasible. Um, I just, I don't think that that would ever happen. Um, just cause, you know, like everybody says, the Cajun Dome is such a selling point to recruits, regardless of how few people you put in it. Just Man, the, tell them they can practice in there. Just the facility itself sells. Um, True. so I, I don't, I don't see that ever happening, but, uh, gentlemen, what home game are you most anticipating this season? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, are we talking non-conference, conference? Just in general. I mean, always Georgia State. I mean, that's always the game I look forward to the most. Um, you know, it's always a lot of fun when they come to town. It's always a very intense matchup. Um, See, I wish, I, I, I wish know, App State and, was coming to the Dome this year. Yeah, me too. I, I got to be honest with you, though. It's hard to tell because the conference is so up in the air, like all the time. True. So to stay to Georgia, circle, Georgia State's going to be freaky. But to, to circle a game on a calendar within our conference is just you never know. Um, I mean, Georgia State is probably the go to. They I mean, are going to be fun. freaky. But outside of that, man, I really couldn't tell you, man, because like I, you know, maybe non-conference, maybe Jackson State because they won the SWAC. But I mean, that's really. Yeah, the SWAC. Oh man, I really cannot wait to see what Xavier Louisiana has. I'm very excited. What's so funny? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. 
What? Y'all don't like Xavier, Louisiana? Was it Xavier, New Orleans? My bad. Oh, yeah, man. You didn't even get the name right, dude. What no, it's actually, it's actually Xavier, Louisiana. He's, he's right. Hmm. My apologies. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, my apologies. He, he, I think they is. rebranded, man. You got to respect did. the rebrand. XULA. That's their, that's their uh, rebrand. There, there is not a single game on this home schedule that I want to see, if I'm being honest. Oh, dude, not, not, Georgia, Georgia State, man. I mean, Georgia State is the, the go-to. I mean, that's – Georgia that's, yeah. State. What if Georgia State stumbles out of the blocks and they're like three and four in conference when they get here? They're not going to. be excited to. about that? They're then not beat going Good. to. Good. Go and beat them. That, that's, another, okay that. that's another thing, Jerry. It's like, all right, I'm going to be excited <laughs> for Georgia State to come to town and play us. And then, and then who, which are we going to show up? It's more of an anxiety uh, trip than anything. You know what I mean? Like they've got both, they've got both Corey Allen and Kane Williams back. They've got um, Jalen Thomas back for another year. And then you bring in, he's a, he's a, you have Saseme, I think is his name, the big six, eight uh, senior. Yeah. Yep. And then you bring in, a, he's a sophomore. From Oak Hill Academy in Durham, North Carolina, Evan Johnson supposed to Loaded. be supposed to be a stud. Loaded. Um, I'll say, and, and, and Oak Hill. I mean, God, if you follow high school basketball nationwide, Oak Hill's a standout institution. Yeah, you're right about that. I'll say the stretch from January 20th to January 29th. Brutal. You've got you've got consecutive home games. You got South Al. You got Troy. You got Georgia State. You got Georgia Southern. Four great teams. Four teams that are probably going to be at the top of the league or the top half of the league. Mm-hmm. I will be interested to see how we play through that stretch, and I'll probably be probably be at all of those games, depending on how that shakes out. It kind of it's going to kind of shape how I feel about the rest of the season. And I don't know if, if Arlington's going to be any good this year. Typically they have a, a pretty stout basketball program, but they're going through another coaching change. You know what I mean? So I don't know if they're going to be any good, but I think that January 20th to 29th stretch is, is probably about as exciting as it's going to get this year, um, which is good because it's after football. So yep. it'll be a good time to jump in the basketball after that. But prior to that on the road, we got Indiana, we got Marshall, we got tech, we got Houston. Uh, those all seem it's a to good, be, it's a good road schedule. Yeah. Those all seem to be very interesting games, but I got to watch it on TV. Right. Well, hell Indiana and Houston aren't even on TV. Now that's a goddamn shame. And Southern Miss Friday night is not on TV either. You see what I mean? Like we, we, we miss so many opportunities. Marshall is on ESPN plus, And then the game with La Tech is going to be on ESPN U. Uh, schools like Indiana should should broadcast that game. There should be a well, fee for that. Indiana Indiana's probably going to broadcast it, but Cajun fans are going to have to pay for it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to pay I'm, for I'm, it. I'll just go get me a Flow Sports account. Yeah. Come on, Big Ten, step up. Jeez. Terrible. Um, Let's talk about how Sports Illustrated listed the Cajuns as the Sunbelt champion and a 13 seed in their preseason bracketology special. How do you feel about the Sunbelt champion being the 13 seed, Jerry? That's respect. Yeah, that's I was about to say, that's it's respect. That's pretty solid, um, actually. When you pick... I that mean, would be the best know, it's been in a while. Yeah, and on top... Well, look, when the last time we went to the tournament um, back... Well, no, we were a 14 we were seed. 14 14, seed. But, 
back in 04 and 05, we were a 13 seed. So that's respect. I also think it's respect for our team and what our expectations are, what we have on paper. Um, you know, we're loaded with talent. We got a lot of guys that are good enough to get us there. So, you know, the fact that we're getting picked to go to the dance and represent the Sunbelt conferences is huge. You know, that's something we haven't done in, in, in eight years or almost eight years. So yeah, I, I love it. Um, now we just got to go and get it done, right? We got to go and prove it. I got two sides of that. Uh, first of all, Sports Illustrated doesn't know shit. This, it's a terrible publication now. Um, I, sh- I, I never get excited about preseason ever. I think it's just for fans to talk. You all know that. I'm not saying anything that's groundbreaking, but I will say this. It's great promotion for the program. The Cajuns, regardless of how, let's be honest, mediocre we've been basketball-wise over the last 12 years, 15 years, um, it's still a brand that people recognize in collegiate basketball. So to see that back in sports illustrated, there's been a couple of other places that I've seen the Cajuns get some love. I made fun about the uh, college insider, you know, magazine.com. Bowl. Major poll. Yeah. Poll. Yeah. Yeah. I made fun we're of We're 18th by the way, Josh, just to let you know we're 18. Did we move up from yesterday? I didn't look. No, I don't know. About <laughs> I think I, I think it's total horseshit to promote that as a program. Like, look, if you want to retweet it or you want to re, I don't know how Facebook works. I don't use Facebook, but however share, you want to share, share that cool, sweet, but to actually like make graphics and dedicate stuff like that in time to promote it, I think is completely insane and quite frankly, embarrassing, but it is promotion for the program. So I guess I'll kind of have to, just relax on that. Uh, but anyway, look, quit your whining. Oh no, I'm going to whine because that's ridiculous. That's fucking. (laughs) But but anyway, anyway, it seems like there are people on the outside that think pretty highly of the program. How can you not with all the talent that has transferred in? I mean, look, the talent is there. There's no doubt about that. So hopefully Marlon can do his thing. And you know, we've been there before. It's been a while, but we've been there before. Let's, let's try to do it again and prove these, these people, right regardless of how bad their publication has become. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the publication I agree has definitely taken a hit. Um, I, I don't know if I would totally knock it as a horrible publication. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far, but Matt, when's the, when's the last time you bought a sports illustrated? Um, I actually got one in the mail about two days ago. You bought one. I didn't buy it, but I have a subscription. Well, why don't you give me the fifty dollars that you're wasting? I'll light it on fire for you. Didn't you pay fifty dollars? <laughs> it was it was absolutely free, my guy. That's wild. Well, are you a dentist? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think somebody gave it to me as a Christmas present. That's a good present. I I, the athletic is what? What is it? Two ninety nine yeah. a month, and it's so kick ass. Yeah, I mean, I have I have the athletic, athletic too, but. No, um, and look, I, I'm mostly kind of clowning around. I mean, I have my opinions about Sports Illustrated, but you know, hey, Sports uh, Illustrated was the magazine when I was a kid. Up. Yeah, it was. No, it's the, good promotion. It's good promotion for us. It was the magazine. Um, well, it's respect. It's respect is what yeah, it is. I mean, no, when any sure. major publication picks us to win, go to the dance and win the conference. I mean, that's respect. Obviously, sure. they're they're taking notice of what our what our potentials are. So. Um, yeah. Also, only, I, I, only, the only thing I will push back on is if we don't do that, do we now say this is an underachieving season? I mean, Sports Illustrated, the Mac Daddy of them all, so we should win it. So if we don't, 
Well, the semantics, that, right? It depends on why, why didn't we get there, right? If we blow it and don't play well down the stretch, then yeah, that's on us. But, you know, if we go through injuries like we did, you know, a few years ago and no, half the team uh-uh. was injured. You, you started the episode with, I don't want to hear shit about injuries. Well, not, not, not if it's like two years ago, we had like nine guys out, right? If it's one player as deep as we are this year. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to hear it. But if it's like nine guys where we go to, you have to go to campus and hand out flyers for tryouts, then yes, I, I will say that would be the big difference. Um, I, I did some research and you hear my dog barking in the background. Um, I did some research Friday's game against Southern Miss will be available to view on Kusa.tv. Oh man. I was hoping oh. you were going to say QVC or something. Jeez, I'm Kusa TV. <laughs> that's, see, that's live. Live. That's some guy standing <laughs> some guy standing in the audience with his phone re- recording this shit <laughs> pay, pay $30 to view this game now anyways that's why they're, um, that's why they're coming to our conference right Indiana there. the Indiana game will be on the Big Ten Network so if your cable right. package has the Big Ten Network like mine does mine does you will, you will be able to, to tune in and catch that game I did some research awesome. on that as well one Thank thing, you, Matt, for all your massive oh, research skills, dude. I'm very nice. College has taught me a lot of things. Lots of research. By uh, the way, yeah. why why oh. do people call it research? You're searching it for the first time. It's search. Oh God. No, I'm serious. I mean, no, I mean you're ab- you're absolutely right. Now that you say it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, call it prime search. Ooh, fancy. How you like that? How you like that? Um, right. let's talk about two former Cajuns that some people would say have moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, Cedric Russell and um, Malik Wilson. Both of them made their official debuts for their respective teams last night. Uh, We'll start with Cedric Russell making his debut for the Buckeyes. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Ohio State was very lucky to walk out of that game with a W last night. I was kind of rooting for Akron because, of course, I always like to see the underdog win, and I absolutely hate Ohio State. But, man, they looked so bad. One point? Wasn't it a one-point win? They had a buzzer beater. Buzzer beater, yeah. Yeah, My goodness. And Ohio State, I know they're not like a blue blood in, in college basketball, but, dude, I think are they picked to win the the Big Ten this year? They're up there. Or, yeah, up there. I mean they're seventeenth in the country. And I didn't think Akron go. was all that good. I just I just I thought Ohio State was just sleepwalking through the game. Yeah, I mean I I didn't really watch it, um, but I, I did kind of look through the the scoring summary and the game recap. Uh, but Cedric Russell, nearly four minutes of action. Uh, the only stats he recorded were two fouls, and he had a plus-minus of minus three. So on paper, not a great debut, but, I mean, you played four minutes for the number 17 team in the country. That's got to count for something, right? Well, the very smart and beloved man in Lafayette, Louisiana, once said, I'd rather be a small part of something big than a big part of something small. Yep. So, SETI... Seti buckets. Maybe the grass isn't always greener, pal. No, just saying. Don't I? I don't. I don't think so. And uh, Malik Wilson 
made his debut for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And uh, an 89-74 victory over North Florida. Uh, Wilson, five points, two steals, seven assists, two rebounds, only one turnover. Shot two of three from the field in 28 minutes of action. Uh, he actually got the start. Well, that that's what's noteworthy. He started. Yeah, he, he actually got a start and, and recorded 28 minutes. So impressive showing in his in his Big 12 debut for sure. I'll be honest. Well I, I thought that he projected to a P5 much better than Cedric Russell. Cedric Russell's older, and he can shoot sometimes. But he, I, for me, he just was not physical enough. I, I didn't think that – how do I say this nicely? Uh, I think Malik understands the game better. He, his feel for the game is better. Uh, he's also more athletic than Cedric Russell. So Yes. I, I think that he projected well, and I think that he's going to have – I don't think he's going to wow you with 30 and 10. I don't think he's going to do that. He may once or twice, but I don't think that that's what you expect out of him. I think that you're looking at 12 to 15 a night. If he plays 30 minutes, 12 to 15 a night, six, seven assists, a steal or two, five, six rebounds, minimal turnovers, and hustle, hustle defense. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, no question about it. We obviously wish Malik and Cedric – the best of luck with their new endeavors in Lubbock and Columbus, respectively. Before we wrap this basketball preview up, we'll talk about the women's basketball program. Got a win last night over Texas A&M Kingsville, uh, 84 to 58. Um, The girls also lowered two banners last night for the Sunbelt Conference Championship, as well as their WNIT appearance and they received their rings at halftime of the boys' game. But talking about the basketball game for the girls, four players in double figures, Ty Doucette, Makaya Hallman, Brandy Williams, and Tamara Johnson, 16, 12, 10, and 10 were their point totals. And uh, Ty Doucette, 10 points, three boards. Destiny Rice, the Alabama transfer, coming in with seven assists, to be the leading player for the Cajuns in the assist category. Uh, Let's see, a couple more stats. 48% from the field, 44% from the three-point line, and 72% from the charity stripe. Looking, getting off to a pretty good start for their season. Uh, You got Rice on Saturday, and then Kim Mulkey and the LSU Fighting Tigers come to the Cajun Dome next Thursday. That'll uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, hey, I think when this is all said and done, this team is better than last year's team. I don't know what the rest of the Sun Belt is going to look like, but I think when this is when we're in the December January, I think you're really going to see a big step forward for the girls. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, definitely more athleticism from this group. And then you know you have your size you, and depth also. You have your leaders back from last year with uh Brandy Williams, Micaiah Hallman, Ty Doucette. Yeah, they, they have a ton to build off from last season. Um that little win streak they had in conference was amazing. Uh even in spite of going over to the NIT, the fact that they made the NIT was a huge accomplishment. They made the championship game, played Troy well. I mean, Troy's sort of the 
they are the the they team to beat in the conference as always. But you know, look, we're we're a close second, so hopefully we can build on that and get over that hump, and, and the girls could be dancing come March. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. That's gonna do it for the basketball preview of Rage and Review. Like I said earlier in the episode, we'll come at you again later this week with our Behind Enemy Lines episode. Scott Watkins will join us. Uh, if you're familiar with Sunbelt Twitter at all, Scott Watkins has previously ran the Sunbelt Pages Twitter feed as well as that newsletter. Uh, he He's a Troy grad, and he is currently working for the Biloxi... Is it the Biloxi Herald? The Biloxi Sun Herald. Uh, he will cover high school sports as well as Southern Miss for the for the Sun Herald. So just because Scott left Troy, Alabama does not mean that he gets to get rid of his friends down here in Lafayette. So stay tuned the next couple of days for that episode leading up to Saturday afternoon's game against the Trojans. And as always...